0: Welcome, everyone. Good morning to you guys. It's good to have you here. Uh, as Pastor Darren said, whether you're with us here in person or online, you guys are equally a part of this family, and we are so blessed to join together and just worship Jesus and draw near to Him and just be challenged and encouraged uh, by His Word together. We're in a series on the Epistle to the Ephesians, and In this epistle, the whole theme of it is, what does it mean to be the church, right? I mean, Paul was just, by the Holy Holy Spirit, helping the New Testament church understand what does it mean to be the family of God? What does it mean to truly be church to one another? And speaking of family... Something very fun and exciting happened in our family this week, a couple days ago. So if you want to pull that picture up, we actually had our second grandson. This is baby Moses. <clears throat> My son did a small part of the work, but his wife Shana probably, in all honesty, did most of the the heavy lifting, but we are super excited and just feel that joy, and you know what? Um, Interestingly enough, I mean, that's again, being family together, the joys that we feel, the struggles that we go through, all of that stuff is the stuff of Ephesians. God wants to to speak to us, He doesn't just live in the pie-in-the-sky world, but aren't you thankful that our God wants to speak right where it gets a little bit messy, where it gets a little bit tricky sometimes, but where the deepest joy is also found. And I believe that that is uh, what we have the privilege of looking at in Ephesians as we're part of this study together. And uh, I want to pick up talking about a super exciting topic. Are you guys ready? Good works! Wow, that was... That was more than I expected. Let's try this. Going to the dentist. Getting an annual checkup. Kids coming in from recess and going to math class. No, okay. Somewhere, somewhere on that spectrum, right? we're probably all a little bit uh, on different places when it comes to the level of enthusiasm that good works evokes <laughs> in us. And I think it's uh, really good that God actually wants to clarify and to really, I think, shine his light on good works for us today. Help us understand something that was never meant to be heavy, It was never meant to be guilt-driven, shame-driven, whatever. It was meant to be one of the joys that we get to live out in our Christian life, in our walk with Jesus. And so I'm super excited to jump in. We're overlapping a little bit of the passage that Pastor Rob shared on last week. If you didn't hear Pastor Rob's message, I'm telling you what, it is an awesome message. You want to hear it. In fact, what we're talking about today is based out of and flows naturally out of what Pastor Rob shared about Jesus, what he did for us, the fact that we are created as his masterpiece. But I'm gonna pick it up in verse six of Ephesians chapter two, and it says this, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Remember that phrase, seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. Say, not by works. Not by works. Not by works. Not by works. So that no one can boast. Verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'll tell you what, I'm just so excited because I think God's purpose, his heart for us, is that we will be set free today from the things that have held us back, from understanding, from seeing ourselves the way he sees us, from seeing the opportunity that we have to do and live and be and act, the way in his authority. And so we're going to jump into that together. So here is where I want to start. What does that word works mean? Well, here it is. It means ergon, which comes from ergo, to work or to accomplish. It is a work or worker who accomplishes something. It is a deed or action. Maybe you like action. Yeah, take action we can, it's also fun to sit on the couch. Yes, it doesn't have to be one or the other, but both can be, have their place, right? It is a deed or action that carries out an inner desire or purpose. And here's the first thing that I believe that God wants us to look at today, is that where we work from makes all the difference. Where we work, we you agree? Anybody who had a job and it's like the people that surround you um, their attitudes, the, the respect that you get from your boss, maybe, um, you know, your environment, maybe your view. Yeah, can that make a difference? Um, I'm part of a Facebook group called, I think it's called View From My Window or something. Anybody else part of that group? It's this random group that came across, somebody recommended it to me during COVID, and so it's all these people stuck in their homes, and they're just taking pictures, supposedly, From their window. (laughs) But of course, mine didn't ever make it to mass distribution across the world. I didn't get like, you know, 10 million views. But there's some that are like, you know, the Eiffel Tower. There's some that are like in New Zealand with like, you know, a, a, a beautiful lake view, like where Lord of the Rings was filmed. You know, I mean, all these people supposedly live in all these amazing places. Very different from the view out my window. But the point is this. (laughs) The view makes a big difference, right? Where we live from or where, in this case, where we're working from makes a big difference. And I want us to look for, I believe that God wants us to understand very clearly where it is that he's calling us to work from. Because as I mentioned, this appears in this passage following a whole description of what Jesus has done for us. Right? It starts there. Jesus, man, when we were dead in our transgressions and sin, but God made us alive with Christ. And he saved us, we read that, he saved us not by works so that no one can boast. He saved us only by his grace, right? But here's the interesting thing. We also read in there in that very next verse, uh, he created us to do these good works. So here's an interesting thing to think about. We were saved, we were rescued, and taken out of the bondage of sin, out of destruction, out of punishment, because of his grace, right? What part did works have to do with that? Trick question? No, it's not a trick question. None, right? We told that. Dude, he did it just because of his great love, just because of his great mercy for us. But then it tells us in the very next verse, in verse 10, we are God's handiwork created in christ jesus this is dating back to before we got in a mess and we needed to be saved and rescued out of it this is actually talking to us about our original purpose we were created to accomplish stuff we were created to do stuff we were created to take care of business do we have it Business! God didn't just make us to be pretty. You're not just a pretty face. Now look around, there are some pretty faces in the room. I'm not going to say which ones. <laughs> it, it was Dan. Dan is Dan. How did you know I was thinking about you? But here's the thing: we're not just a pretty face. Yes, we're beautiful in God's eyes, but He also made us to be able to do something, to be able to accomplish something, to be able to act and to do in His power. But where are we doing it from? let's take a look. I believe God is telling us this. He calls us to work from a sitting position. I used to work at a lumberyard, and if they ever saw us sitting down, they'd be like, hey, what do you think's going on around here? Are you on a break? You know, because we weren't supposed to be sitting down. We were supposed to be, you know, loading bricks and sacks of cement and all this different stuff, and we were not supposed to be sitting on the job, right? Have you ever heard that? Have you ever had a job like that? Hey, don't sit down on the job. But here's the cool thing. Jesus invites us to sit with him. Did you hear the very first verse we read? We have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where are you working from? From a sitting position. Not just a sitting position, on a throne. He, you and I have been seated on a throne and we're called to live and act and be and do from a place of majesty, from a place of authority, from a place of incredible dignity, that God has put us in in Christ Jesus. What about this? In John chapter 13, Jesus was getting ready to uh, give his life for us. It was his final night with his disciples, with his closest friends, those that had shared his life for three years with him. And it says in that chapter that he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. And in verse three, it says this, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So, so whatever came before that allows whatever comes next, right? He knew he had come from God. He knew he was going back to God. He knew all things were under his feet. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I'm telling you what, I believe that God wants us to understand that the kind of serving that he's looking for is supernatural. It's not something, in this world, you tell me if if you agree with this, in this world, when do people serve? Is it when, uh, because they don't have to, or is it because typically we have to? Okay, like who gets to like clean the toilets, you know, at McDonald's? Is it the, the person who's been there like three years, or is it like the newbie? right? We have to put in our time. We have to like, we find kind of the lowest common denominator. Who is the person that, that can serve at that level? And we kind of make them do it, right? That's just kind of the way the world is. And as we rise and as we put in our time, we no longer have to do that, right? Would you believe that even happens with pastors sometimes? Taking emergency phone calls and stuff like that, I, right? It's, even that seeps in, to the church sometimes. We have that mindset. But Jesus is modeling for us. He wants us to get something that is completely upside down from the way this world works. He's saying, I came to build a kingdom where it's completely opposite. I don't serve because I have to. I don't serve because I have to prove something. I don't serve because I don't know who I am. I don't serve because of a lack of dignity or majesty. It says here, he knew the Father had put all things under his feet. He was the king of kings. He was the Lord of glory. He didn't have any self-doubt. He didn't have any guilt. He had none of that. It says he knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. Talk about identity. And guess what? That very thing is what freedom is say. So I can serve in a way that no one else can even begin to understand. And here's the thing, church. I believe that God is wanting us, if we're talking about good works, the first thing He wants us to know is that the only people He wants working in His kingdom are kings and queens. He doesn't want any hired servants doing the work of the kingdom. He's saying, I only want my sons and my daughters. I only want men and women who know who they are, who have been clothed with my authority, with my royalty with my majesty, who have allowed me to wash their feet, who have allowed me to humble myself before them and treat them like a king or like a queen. Because that was a smelly job, guys. Back then, they wore sandals. They walked on dusty roads and paths shared by animals. Can you imagine the kind of stuff that came up on their feet, the kind of grime and who knows what all was left behind by animals? It was a stinky, messy job. But Jesus said, I want to humble myself before you and treat you like a king or queen so that you have no doubt. So that walking out of this dinner in this upper room, you have no doubt of who you are and of what you matter to me. And from there, I have nothing left to prove. (laughs) I remember watching Hope I don't get sued for slander here. I remember watching a, a, an American Idol show and somebody dropped a piece of paper on the ground and I won't say who, but the staff of American Idol, the people that we would all be very familiar with, they were all like, well, I'm not going to pick it up. And they were like, I'm not going to pick it up. And they were all kind of like, nobody wanted to pick up the piece of paper from the ground. And I just thought, wow, isn't that something? Like that was going to minimize their dignity to just quickly pick up a piece of paper. How sad is that, isn't it? that people would be literally paralyzed and not able to serve, not able to act, not able to love freely because somehow that would, that would demean me to do that. I believe Jesus is saying the opposite. He's saying, man, when you come to know how much I love you, when you come to know the level of majesty and honor I'm placing on you, you'll be able to live life freely, serve others lovingly, and have nothing hold you back. God is calling us to join him in serving like Jesus did from a place of royalty and majesty. What about this? I believe God wants us to know we're hardwired for good works. We are hardwired for good works. Speaking of dignity and majesty, when he created Adam and Eve, he placed them in a garden to take care of it and to tend it. It's what uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it right? God, again, gave us a function, gave us something to do. And here's his purpose in that was that he wanted us, men and women, made in his image to be able to walk in lordship and rulership over this planet. Psalm 115 verse 16 says, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind the highest heavens, the universe, the planets, the stars, the gravitational system, you know, all of that stuff. Are you thankful we don't have to worry about all that? Like, wait, is Pluto off? Wait, is it still even a planet? I don't know. Ah! You know, the stress <laughs> we have enough to deal with <laughs> of this planet. <laughs> but God says, I got all that stuff. Don't worry about all that. But on this little teeny speck of dust that is Earth, that literally compared to all of the galaxies and stuff, like you can't even, do you know? I mean, have you seen those little maps? It's so tiny. But he's saying this, I've entrusted to you, my son and my daughter. I want you to represent me. I want you to understand that you walk in my majesty and you walk in my dignity and you walk made in the image of God and that you can name the animals and that you can keep this earth and keep it and tend it and care for it. And that word, if you look at that word, what does it mean to, it means actually to to what? To serve it in a very servant, almost slave-like capacity. So he wanted us to have commitments. He wanted us to have responsibilities. He wanted us to to have stuff to do that mattered, but to do it with him in relationship. And he would come down in the cool of the day and walk in the garden and probably talk to Adam and Eve, and hey, so how's it going? You know, Adam's like, I don't know, man. This one is just crazy. I don't know what to name it. I mean, it's big and bulky, and it's like, have you thought of hippopotamus? Brilliant, God, yes, hippopotamus, awesome, thank you. That was the one I was missing, you know? I'm sure God enjoyed the conversations with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day because work, their, their deeds, if you will, was just one more thing to draw them into relationship. And I believe God wants you and I to know that, that, that deeds aren't something meant to do like, for God like, because he doesn't want to deal with it. That's not the father that we serve. Whenever he gives us deeds to do, it's because he's saying, let's do this together. Let's talk about this. Ben, ask me about this. Uh, Let Pray about this. Um, Listen for me on this. This is something that I wanted to draw us together, that we do together, because I love you. I love being with you. I love spending time with you. I love helping you grow. When I was uh, a little bit young, my son, Zach, was probably about 10, and we decided to build like a, a cart together, kind of like they do in Spain, where I grew up, where they just take a piece of, plywood, a couple of two-by-fours, they literally put ball bearings as wheels, just the metal ball bearings, and have a little rope to steer it, you know, or you can use your feet to steer it. And you kind of take it up to the top of the hill and just, and it makes, it sounds like, I don't know, a hailstorm when you're going down, you know, just metal on concrete. Everybody hears it coming. It's probably good for safety, but... But it was so fun working as a father with my son, just, you know, bolting those things together, working together on that project. I loved it. Yes, it was work, but it was so much joy in it because of the relationship that we shared because I saw him growing and being able to use the power tools and being able to, to see his mind grow. That is the way God is looking at us when he calls us in to share in his good works, in the, in the accomplishments, in the tasks that he's given us to do, in his name. I believe that he's saying he wants our life, he created us to have an effect on others and on our world. And a lot of times I think we wonder, don't we, if our life is making a difference. I think if I had an opportunity to ask each of you and we were in a conversation, there's moments in all of our lives when we're like, man, I feel like I'm doing these things, I'm going to work, I'm you know, loving my kids, I'm, I'm helping my friends out when I can. I'm doing these things, but I don't know. That doesn't seem very glorious. It doesn't seem, I don't even know, does God see that? Is, does it even matter? And I believe that God wants you to know that it totally, totally does. Um, we were watching my, my grandson, Luca, Moses' older brother. He's two, while Moses was being born. And uh, we found... Uh, a kid's book, a kid's Bible story book. These are arch books um, in our basement. And I don't know if you've seen this, and this is uh, called The Boy with a Sling, and it's the story of David. And uh, uh, I began to, to look through this, and I got to this page, and this is Goliath. I don't know if you can see this, but it's a picture of Goliath. And here's the interesting thing. My dad, uh, who actually went to be with Jesus eight years ago yesterday, He used to read this exact book to me 45 years ago. And I remembered, as I was reading to Luca, I remembered that face of Goliath. (laughs) Because my dad took the time to do something that he probably didn't feel like doing after a long day's work, and to read his son some Bible stories before bed. And I would be like, Dad, one more, one more, Dad. And these are like, you know, fairly like, it takes, you know, a couple minutes to read each of these. And he'd be like, Okay, son, one more, you know. (laughs) And here's the thing, guys. Because my dad chose to do that, a very simple deed, a very simple action, a very simple work that took some time and effort, but he was sowing seeds into my heart. And here I am today standing before you saying, I believe in the God of David. I believe in a God who can slay giants. I believe in a God who honors our faith and honors our boldness when we trust completely in him. So moms, dads, If you're wondering does it matter if you're wondering do the little things that seem so invisible do they matter do they have an effect I'm here to tell you yes they do and I pray right now that God is whispering in your heart that those deeds those choices those works that seem so mundane so routine so really is this it man may God give you a glimpse of the seeds that you're sowing and of the fruit Of lives that are gonna be changed by that. The last thing that I wanted to share with you this morning is that I believe the Word of God encourages us that we have a role to play in each other's good works. Part of being the family of God, as we're studying in Ephesians, is the idea that we're not just an island. We're not just, you know, alone in our prayer closet. Okay, God, you know, speak to me. That's good to have our prayer closet, it's good to go to the Lord on our own individually but there's a part that we play as we come together as the family of God, as the church. And listen to what Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Man, the hope of what God has called us to is the foundation of everything. But then verse 24 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I'm going to read that again. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Think about one another here in the family. Those of you watching from home, you're part of this family. Think about this. We're supposed to motivate one another towards acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Man, I wanna know from you guys. This is our, you know, you've heard that we have some interactive portions in our services and we believe God speaks to you. uh, Whether you're here in person, if you're at home, you can type your comments in and we'll have somebody looking for those that is able to share those. But I wanted to ask you guys, what is a way that either you yourself have been encouraged to step in or step out of your comfort zone perhaps into a deed or a good work That brought joy and brought life or you saw someone's life change what was the way that you were encouraged to do that by someone else in the body of christ or perhaps what is something you saw someone else do maybe that encouraged someone to do that who wants to be first drum roll please we know god speaks to all of us and through all of us as family oh we got one whoa there we go yes that's a step right there okay ashley lead us off sister
1: um, I, years and years ago at Jubilee, was an intern for Ben Binger, and he was like, you're going to teach next week. And I was like, there's no way. I don't teach. I don't do that. And that um, definitely launched me into a life where teaching has become one of my gifts. So, yeah.
0: I love that, man. Somebody just literally like almost pushed you in a sense, getting you an opportunity, and you said yes. You chose to say yes. I love that. Somebody else. Right here. Is this your first time with us? Oh, yeah. Please yep. tell us your Lisa. name.
2: So I'm Brady. I'm a friend of Alyssa. We Woo! met in New Zealand.
0: Thank you for being here, man. God bless you. Yeah, tell yeah. us. I have a fr- So I'm from Pennsylvania, and so I have a friend back there that every time we go out, every time we hang out, he
2: always goes up and finds somebody to pray for. Like mm-hmm. always, if they have a cast on their arm, he's like, "Let me pray for you." He might not even pr- be praying for the arm, but he's like, just like he just wants to bless that person. And so it's
0: challenged me, and so it's it's got made me step out a lot more too to go in pray for those people, just anyone. So cool. I love that. Just that example, being around it. Someone else kind of stepping out in, in, in boldness and faith has pulled you in. That's awesome. Who's next? Over here. Pastor Aubrey.
1: Um, very rarely do I have many of my children in one service with me. So, I have to give a shout out to one of my kids, Mason. Um, a few years ago, we were at a conference for youth And we had, it was like a 12-hour road trip, and we're on our way to Kansas City. And we were at a McDonald's for a quick, you know, time to eat food. And Mason's over there praying for some girl that's sweeping the floor. So then what happens is a chain reaction starts to happen with everyone on the trip. And they're like, they all like check themselves. Like, what am I doing? Am I, you know, effectively being the church in McDonald's right now? So Mason's praying for this girl. And then he just, like, we're all watching him from the sideline, you know. And he gives her some money. And then chain reaction just starts. Like everybody from the team just starts going over to this girl and giving her money and she's just standing there and like being so rocked by the Lord. It still rocks me right now when I think about it, but it was like his obedience in that moment just started this reaction. And I just stood there and watched it in awe. And I was like, I wanna be like that, so. Mm.
0: I love that, thank you for sharing that. So good guys, so good. Somebody else, how has your life been encouraged to step out? You're Curtis, you knew, yeah. Dan knew. Dan <laughs> I knew. Was I was we all that. knew Curtis. You, yeah. <laughs> we were just.
2: No, just when we first moved out here, we knew no one. Like 15 years ago, when um, we walked into JFC, and you know, there was DJ up on stage, you know, with a, the big horn and you know, leading worship. It was amazing. It was a spectacle. And, um, and <laughs> if some of you remember, it was great. Yep. But um, but I remember. You know, him, you were also, you know, calling out for people to join the band, that kind of a thing. And I did not played in years and years, and Miriam was proud of me. Come on, come on, you know. And um, just from that, becoming part of that, you did, like, an ice cream social. I remember and, that. Yeah, but that act, I mean, it, it brought us together with people we'll know our entire life mm-hmm. and connected us instantly to a body and changed our lives. So thank you. Oh,
0: praise God. Absolutely, man. Yeah. What a what a blessing to be a teeny little part of that and up here, I think.
3: Um, I just want to say like as a church shine walks in this on a daily basis being able to have open mic time for people to be able to share gives opportunity for that chain reaction and this is how jubilee earth sorry this is how shine stepped up and brought me out or this is they've given me an opportunity to speak and then it brings confidence and reassurance to you as an individual and then just that acts of love and grace that comes from everyone around you when they hear what you have to say mm-hmm. so
0: as a that. church we, yeah it's amazing yeah even hearing in each other's voice how God is speaking how God is leading those testimonies. That's awesome. We'll have one or two more as the worship team is coming up. We're going to respond here. I think we've got Donna over here.
4: I think, for, I think for me, coming to Shine Church, and a year ago when DJ and Rob asked if I wanted to take over, lead the coffee bar ministry, that was getting me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a wonderful ministry.
0: Yes. You've done an incredible job, Donna. Give it up for Donna. Donna... Donna loves her people. She, you know, there used to be a song by B.J. Thomas saying, uh, loving things and using people, that's not the way it should be. And this is crazy. I'm dating myself here. This is like 1973 or something. But anyway, but God has called us to love people and use things. And that's what you do, Donna. You love people. You care for them, even as you're serving, which is a beautiful thing. Somebody else. Yes, back there. Tina, sorry. Sorry.
3: Um, I was pregnant with my first child and I'm probably about eight months pregnant with my daughter, Autumn. And um, I was serving in a church. We were children's pastors at the time. And our senior pastor, um, he had just lost his baby. He, his wife went through a full delivery and she was born stillborn. And I just remember one day I walked into the church um, to go and make copies or whatever for kids' church. And um, he was downstairs cleaning the bathrooms and he was singing a hymn. Mm-hmm. And I, I walked down there and I, I could not believe it. He had just lost his daughter, his firstborn. And he's down there cleaning bathrooms and singing a hymn. And that has changed my heart forever, you know, so he was just such an example to me of so awesome. what it's like to just yeah. serve the Lord and just yeah. continue, you know, yeah. be faithful.
0: So. So, good. so good, so good. Is there one more? Yep, right up here. Woo! <laughs> wow! It's like a press conference. There's all
4: kinds of mics and, you know, cameras and lights. <laughs> um, I'm Lindsay, i friend. Yay! Welcome, Lindsay. I would say I did YWAM and that's why I'm friends with her as well um my best friend did YWAM like six months before me and she was like Lindsay you should do it and I was like eh, no I don't want to um but because she kept like I just kept seeing the change in her and what the Lord was doing, and just not necessarily, she only told me to, like, look into it once, but I just kept seeing, like, the change that the Lord was doing in her, and I was like, Lord, I feel like I'm nowhere right now in my life, and I feel like I need to take a step, but I don't have money, I don't have anything, I don't really know what I'm doing, I don't know any of the people that I'm going to see, but... um Yeah, but the Lord I would say used my best friend to really like show me like he's a provider and he's going to provide and then I did it and honestly if I didn't do it I
0: Wow. So good, so awesome.
2: We Janelle, we still, Janelle, we still have mics.
0: <laughs> this has been an interesting weekend for uh, technical difficulties. Yesterday, we were getting ready to start the service. Pastor Dan uttered these words. Wow, it's 4.35, and everything's done, and we're ready to go. This should be really chill.
2: <laughs> Don't ever say that. Don't ever, ever say ever, that. Ever, at,
0: at, at 4.56, Dan, 4.54, <laughs> it... The sound system completely crashed. Everything went down. We were like, oh no! Back to like New Testament church, but in a different way. Like candles and like the Romans are outside. We have no electricity, but we love Jesus. You know? So we we're, we're this is a crazy weekend. I don't know what's going on outside, but uh, but thank you for hanging with us. And I hope those of you at home are still um, able to be a part of this. But here's the deal: we wanted to conclude um, this weekend with an opportunity to to just go back to Jesus. You know, a lot of times the works thing is something that the enemy loves to get out of place. Right, Even though it's such a beautiful gift from God to walk in Jesus' dignity, in his majesty, to serve others, to accomplish the work of the kingdom, to have an impact in those around us. Man, the enemy loves, if he can't get us to to reject God's will outright, all he has to do is like switch it. So all of a sudden, now I'm doing something in order to earn something, or because I don't feel worthy, Or because I don't feel like I compare and I match up with my brother or my sister and man I don't know if you've ever been there but it's like (sighs) the life just drains out of it doesn't it the joy drains out it just gets heavy and dry and man God doesn't want that for us and so I don't know you know I think one of the things that God wants to do this weekend is just to reset and how we do that is just coming back to Jesus and saying Lord Man, I just turn my eyes on you, my heart to you, Lord. Before I even think about anything that I'm going to do, it's truly just opening my heart to your great love, opening my eyes to how you see me, by your grace, by your mercy. God, just reestablish, so that then, when I think about the privilege of walking out and acting in love and doing deeds that honor and glorify you, man, there's no heaviness to that. The rivers of living water are flowing, nurturing my root system. And I believe that that's what God wants to do. He wants to refresh you. Maybe for some of you, God wants to whisper that those things done in the secret place, He sees and He's going to reward in His own way, that they are having the impact that you might be questioning if they're having. But God wants to encourage you, to love you, to establish you, to build your expectation for the good things that He wants to do through your life. And so I want you to stand to our feet together. And let's just press into Jesus right now. Let's just put our eyes and our hearts on him. Worship him. Ask him what he wants to say to you right now. And then I'll come up after a few minutes and dismiss. Jesus, we
5: still our hearts before you right now. In the swirl of just a lot of unknown things, God, a season that's been full of unknowns and a lot of hardship and challenges and growth. I think it's safe to say every person in this room is just feeling the stretching that you're bringing each and every one of us through. And so this morning, we commit ourselves to your process and not to our comfort, whatever that looks like. God, if it's technology that works, awesome. If it's technology that doesn't work, awesome. We don't rely on those things, Father, but we rely on you. And so we declare you as worthy this morning. You're worthy of everything that we have, all that we are. Like DJ said, that we would first understand that we receive from you. And we recognize what you've done, who you are, and everything else flows from that place. So we just declare together who you are this morning, Jesus. You are worthy.
2: Okay, uh, I wanna share a devotion I had this week. Um, we've all heard this verse, Mark 10:15. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Um, I was struck by the, the strong language in that. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And uh, the person who wrote up the devotion wrote this. He does not require a change of attitude. Adult self-sufficiency must recognize its need for the sovereign God. Adult moral defensiveness must humble itself before the holy God. And adult skeptical toughness must soften before the loving God. And then this is what he says about kids. Children do not feel supremely powerful, perfectly righteous, Or totally autonomous these are adult fantasies these are adult fantasies and I read that and I was struck with the fact that you know um, I think a lot of times as we grow and we mature and we feel like we're getting more and more understanding of of who we are in in God that we then become more self-sufficient yes and in just a minute we're gonna sing about pouring everything out to the feet of Jesus all affection everything that we have Um, think about a kid that pours out his affection on his parents comes running up to mom and dad just with arms wide open and just jumps onto their any parents ever have that and what a great thing that is when your kid does that with all affection all devotion and they just pour out their love and jesus taught us that we have to love or approach the kingdom of god like a little child and so as we go into this um here's my prayer just release that let god just release in you this understanding i want to be a kid i want to be a kid and take away and let god break off of you all of those things that would hinder you from actually going to god just with everything that you got so heavenly father we come up to you right now and and we ask you god help us to become more childlike help us to have the faith of a child help us to enter your kingdom help us approach you like a child and as we sing um the rest of this song God may all of our affection may all of our devotion be lifted up to you our father and Lord as we do that I pray that you would break in us and that you would release in us your freedom in your life in your spirit God and that we would let go of the things that that entangle us that hinder us from actually pushing more into you And so, Lord, do this in us, do this in our church, do us individually, do this in us individually and corporately. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.
5: If you've been here for any length of time, um, I say this very frequently, but sometimes we sing something because we believe it and we know that it's true. And sometimes we sing something until we believe it, until we see it played out and actualized in our lives. And so we're just gonna sing this simple phrase, we lay down our agenda so we can lift high your name. That exactly what Pastor Dan was saying, that like a child we would come with no agenda, with hands open, and ready to exalt the one who is worthy of being exalted.
6: We lay
5: down
2: about this message that Pastor DJ gave as a teaching team um, and, and he, he mentioned it. In the garden, God's original intent, church, was that the work of would be light and it would be easy you know and jesus himself said hey come to me all you who are weary and take on my yoke because my yoke is is light and my burden is easy and so um here's here's our prayer for you this week that you would go out of here and that you would be more like a child um, and you know what's, what's fun about a, a child is, um, no matter what they're playing with, it could be the box that a gift came in for Christmas, and they throw the, the gift away, and then they start making stuff with the box. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, and they, they'll work on that for hours and hours and hours, but there's so much joy and so much life to that. And I think that that's the heart of God, is that He goes, hey, I have created you to do great works. But the works aren't from the flesh. They solely come from, as Pastor DJ did such a great job teaching us, it comes from our position in who He is and how He's created us. And the fact that He has created us in His image to be His son or daughter. And so when we come to that understanding, um, we come to realize that, you know what? He has saved us from eternity in a a really bad, bad place. (laughs) And I told the teaching team, I said, you know, when we think about this, or when I personally think about this, I have this thought. If any one of you were to push me out of the way of a bus in the parking lot that was going to kill me, I would look at you and go, oh my gosh, whatever you need, I will do for you. And church, Jesus has done the ultimate salvation for every single one of us. And so don't take this message and apply a fleshly perspective that says oh i've got to do more but go to god and say hey thank you for the salvation that you've given to me thank you so much for that how can i partner with what you are doing and daddy let's go have fun working in what you're doing amen Amen. Well, you guys have a blessed week. Remember, next weekend, uh, we will not be having church, so you can come here and have a great service out in the parking lot. If you would like. we won't be here. Uh, you guys, be blessed. Have a wonderful 4th of July. We love you.